So, I said last week that we'd end that last week ended our series on Kairos. Um, I've changed my mind. So it's pastor's pastor's prerogative. Um, change your mind. You should say it's women's prerogative, don't they? Well, married men understand that, right? It's women's prerogative. Change your mind. Well, the men said, "Amen." Um, <laughs> but it's also pastor's prerogative to change. I'm only joking, ladies. Um, before you before you start emailing me. Anyway, um, what was I going to say? Oh, yes. That's past this prerogative um, to change your mind. So we're also going to, we're going to continue to talk about Kairos just for a couple more Sundays, actually, today and, and, and um, next week. And then we'll start a series, a new series in two weeks' time. So, because I believe there's still some more stuff that God wants to say um, about Kairos. And we're doing this across the congregations. We're still talking about, talking about this all together. So, of course, Kairos, it means, for, means that it's about God's appointed time. There's two Greek words used for time in the Bible. Kronos, where we get the words chronology and chronological from you know, it's just about a measurement of time but the other Greek word that's used is kairos and it's talking about God's appointed time so there's very different different meanings or well, they're about time but they're very different meanings kairos is about God's appointed time and you know kairos we, we've looked specifically at um, you know what was said uh, in the book of Esther that Esther was born for such a time as this and that and that we've been born for such a time as this Amen. Here we are in fifth of March, twenty twenty-three, and you know there will never be another fifth fifth of March, twenty twenty-three. You know we're here for a purpose. God has a plan for our plan for our lives. We're not here by by accident. You know God has a purpose for us. Amen. God wants to fulfill His purpose in us and in us and through us. Amen. We've talked about recognizing the time that we're in. We're in the end times. There's a lot going on in our world. Everything's everything's shifting. Everything that people have always put their hope in over the over the centuries, it's just everything's just shifting, isn't it? And it's just happens, just, just just keeps. You know, the more you watch the news, it just happens over and over again. It's like something new, isn't there? Something new shifts. There's something new that's that that is different, and, and you know, politics is is messed up, and um, you know, we've had obviously big health situations over the last few years, and there's just lots going on around around the, around the world, and wars, and and different things that are going on, and stuff. You know, this is time for us to keep our focus on Jesus. Amen. We should never fear any of this stuff. We should never be anxious about it. We keep our eyes focused on Jesus. But Jesus said those things would happen. So we recognize the times that we're, we're, we're in. So we talked about focus on God, understanding our purpose, understanding our response. Last week we talked about knowing his, his victory. We've looked at the book of Nehemiah and, and how if you do anything for God in life, there will always be opposition. And, you know, there might be the enemy's opposition. Uh, there might be kind of opposition within you, kind of that internal battle that happens. It could be opposition from other people. But if you ever do anything for God, there'll always be opposition. And we talked specifically last week about Nehemiah and how he was rebuilding, rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem and how they had a lot of um, opposition. And we just have to keep trusting God in it, that the enemy has intimidation tactics. We're trying to scare us. We're trying to distract us. Um, you know, we need to operate in faith. Amen. And just trust God in it all and just step out of the boat for him. Amen. And it's ultimately him who always brings a victory. Praise God. Right there? Oh, drink. Thank you. Awesome. Are you going to sing us a song? Okay. Great. <laughs> Great. So that's what we talked about um, last week. So what I want, what I want to uh, talk about this morning is just, just some further Kairos kind of moments in the Bible. Uh, in the scripture, particularly regarding Jesus. So, so Kairos means about God's appointed time, as, we, as we've talked about. You know, I believe that God has appointed times in our lives as well. Amen. You know, and it's really important that we don't miss the Kairos moments that God has for us. Because it it, we, could, we could miss them. 
if we're, if we're disobedient or we're distracted or whatever, we, we could miss them. But God has appointed times to do, to do things in our, in our lives. And I believe this is true for, just for, for all of us. And maybe there's stuff that God wants to do in your life right now. This is your appointed time where God wants to bring some change, wants to bring some new uh, direction, wants you to step out in faith, wants to, bring, wants to bring healing, whatever the situation might be. But this is a Kairos moment. God's appointed time. You now, we've just been talking about the cross in communion. You know, Jesus himself was a fulfillment of Kairos, wasn't he? It was God's appointed time. Jesus wasn't, it wasn't random. You know, to the, to the uh, Israelites, the Jewish people at the time, it seemed a bit random. If you know your, you know your biblical history, Malachi is the last book in the Old Testament. It's 400 years, like nothing was written down. Well, I'm not saying nothing literally written down, but nothing in terms of scripture was written down for 400 years. Everything's just kind of gone a bit quiet. So well, where's this Messiah who's been, been promised? Where's he gone? When is he coming? But it was God's appointed time, amen? Jesus was fulfillment of Kairos. It was God's appointed time to come to the earth as a Messiah and Savior and to bring us redemption, to bring the new covenant and all those things we've just been talking about and, and re- remembering in communion what Jesus has won for us. I want to look at just two um, kind of instants or Kairos moments and so just to bring out some truth of that um, in our own lives. So the first one is uh, looking at the uh, paralyzed man at the pool of Bethesda. I'm just going to read a scripture, and then we're going, to watch, we're going to watch a couple of clips from The Chosen this morning. Something a little bit different, exciting. Does anyone know about The Chosen? And then watch that. It's very good, in my opinion. Um, can never have too much Jesus on TV. That's <laughs> all I can say about that one. Okay. But I'm going to read the scripture first, and then we're going to look at, look at The Chosen, which is about this story. So John 5, verse 1 to 15, it says this, Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now, there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, and the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. That's a long time to be waiting by a pool, right? I'm agree. That is, that is a seriously long time to be waiting there. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned he'd been in his condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? What an interesting, interesting question. Of course, Jesus knew, knew what was going on in the man's heart, but just wanted to ask him, what is it you want? Do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. So it was kind of like this, this, un, or this understanding at the time, or kind of this story at the time, and it's hard to actually know kind of what the truth in it all was, but they kind of had this thinking around this pool that, was that the angels would come and stir it. And then when, you, when the angels came and stirred it, um, so I don't know whether they were just kind of being a bit mystical, kind of what was going on there, but this is what had got into people's heads in that area. Um, the angel would come and stir the pool, and if you went in when the angels had stirred it, then, then you, would, you, would, um, you would be healed. So this is what was in their thinking. So sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me, so basically you could never get there in time. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this place, which this took place, was a Sabbath. Jewish leaders, bless them. <laughs> I don't know what to say really. So, you know, the Jews were great and they believed in Jesus as a general principle. But the Jewish, some of the Jewish leaders, they just totally missed the point, didn't they, of who Jesus was? Anyway, the day on which this took place was a Sabbath. So the Jewish leaders said to the man who had been healed, "It is a Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat." And one, one. 
that it wasn't even true. The law doesn't say anywhere that you can't carry your mat. It's not anywhere in the Old Testament. This was, this was they had like their own kind of rules and regulations that they'd that they'd made up, and it all comes back to you know about us resting on the Sabbath, of, which for Jews obviously was Saturday, about resting on the Sabbath day because Jesus, sorry, because God rested from creation on the seventh day about about honouring the Sabbath. But they'd taken this to a, a, a ludicrous extreme. So basically, anything, pretty much anything, could be classed as as work. So even picking up your mat. On a Saturday, they were classed as work. You're, you know, you're a sinner. That's terrible. That's awful. How, how ludicrous! This is what religion does, right? Just just creates all these random rules and regulations. So it wasn't even true. The law forbids you to carry a mat. It was their rules that said you can't carry a mat. To just to clarify that, but Jesus replied. Sorry, the man replied. The man who made me well said to me, "Pick up your mat and walk," as Jesus had said. So they asked him, "Who is this fellow who told you to pick it up and walk?" What's so interesting? They're not even interested in the fact the guy's been miraculously healed after 38 years of being invalid. Well, they're interested that he's picked up his mat. This is what religion does, isn't it? It misses the whole point of what what relationship with Jesus is all about. Just ties people up in knots and, and totally misses the point. Anyway, that's a whole other message in itself. But the man who was healed had no idea who. It, Sorry, who, they asked him, who is this fellow who told you to pick up your mat and walk? The man who was healed had no idea who it was, for Jesus slipped away into the crowd that was there. Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, see you are well again, stop sinning, or something worse uh, may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jewish leaders it was Jesus who had made him well. So I'm just going watch, to watch that clip. It's kind of like a dramatization of this little bit. It's like for um, four or five minutes, I think it is. And then we'll just uh, talk some stuff off the back of that. Thank you, media team. Amen. That's good. Good stuff. So what's, what's happening there is a, is a Kairos moment, right? This was, just, this was God's appointed time or Jesus' appointed time with that, with that man. He was in this desperate situation. He was trying to get into the, into the pool and it had nothing from there as they kind of like show in the dramatization. But he, he felt that he was being beaten to it every time and, uh, and it was kind of without hope. And, you know, after 38 years, you probably are going to be without hope, right? Because that's a seriously long time. You know, I wonder what that, that guy thought is, you know, probably on that day that he woke up, he didn't know it was the day he was going to be healed, right? That's reality. You know, what was he thinking was going to happen that day when he woke up? He probably thought it was going to be the same. He was going to be beaten to the pool again. He's going to just kind of sit there and beg. You know, but, but God had an intended Kairos moment for him. Amen? And this is, this is what God does. You know, that one Kairos moment, God's appointed time, it changed that man's life forever. Amen? You know, and I believe that God wants to bring Kairos moments in our, in our lives. You know, maybe there's some things in, in your world where, where you need healing. And I just, just mean about physical healing, as important as that is. You know, whether it's physical, emotional, or spiritual healing, healing from your past, whatever it might be. That God wants to bring healing into, into your life. You know, and this is a Kairos moment where God wants to do that. Amen. You know, this man, he'd been paralyzed for 38 years. So, um, you know, here the, the passage of time, you know, the two words for, for, for time, for Kronos and Kairos, here the passage of time, that 38 years, met with, met with Kairos, God's appointed time. This is where Kronos met Kairos. 38 years have gone past, and this man who had no hope, and now his Kairos is God's appointed time. Amen. You know, there is no situation that God cannot, cannot change. This is some stuff going on in your life where you, where you need healing. I believe God wants to do that and to even do that today. This is God's appointed time for you. And the second story I want to look at is, is a miraculous catch of fish that happens in Scripture. And we're going to look at, look at this on video again in a second. 
And um, this is in Luke, uh, Luke 5, verses 1 to 11. It says this. One day, this is another Kairos moment. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowded round him, crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. Jesus got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, also that Simon who becomes, Jesus renamed later as Peter. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats, so, so full they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish. This is a Kairos moment, right? For all his, he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid, from now on you'll fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. So let's have a look at this again on screen. That's good, right? So there's another big Kairos Kairos moment, and there's so many, obviously there's tons you could have used throughout Jesus' ministry. could have used. So uh, Peter casts his net onto the other side of the boat. And has this incredible Kairos moment, this miraculous catch of fish. You know, it was, it was a real moment in Peter's, Peter's life, you know, where he makes that statement, because you say so. And, and, and you know, Peter was, a, Peter was a fisherman, an experienced fisherman, so were James and John, and that was a, their dad Zebedee who was, who was there shown that. These were experienced fishermen. You know, it would have been very easy for them to have to had a, issues with pride, wouldn't it, at that moment? It would have been very, very easy. And that's where they, they could very easily have missed that Kairos moment. It's like, who does, this, who does this guy think that he is? You know, we're like, you know, we're fishermen, we, we know these waters inside out. Who does this guy think he is? But praise God, they didn't operate in, in pride. You know, they did at first kind of react and say, well, Master, we've we worked hard, hard all night, and do you not know how hard we've, we've tried to catch fish? But we're then a, but still obedient to Jesus. So they had that Kairos moment. And just like that man who was, who was paralyzed, you know, what was Peter thinking that, that, that day when, it, when he woke up? Was he thinking it was going to be a day where, where his, his whole life was going to be changed, the whole direction of his life was going to be changed? Probably not. No. It was just like, just, we've got a day of fishing coming up. But one Kairos moment with Jesus changed his life forever. And James and, James and John, of course, they all become disciples. And were the three closest to Jesus, Peter, James, and John are the three that they mentioned over and over again. The Transfiguration, it was Peter, James, and John, Peter, James, and John that were there. They were the three closest to Jesus. You know, but it all ends with, with Jesus saying, come, follow me. You know, and that's, that's true for us as well. You know, there's a calling on, calling on all of our lives. You know, these guys were, were simple fishermen, but Jesus saw incredible potential in them. You know, that was their Kairos moment. Amen. So we're all called by Jesus. Someone grab me a tissue. Sorry, please. Thank you. That Jesus saw incredible potential in them. So we're all called by Jesus. Amen. Jesus saying to all of us, "Come, follow me." Excuse me. Thank you. 
I sometimes get caught up in the emotional stuff of watching these videos where they show Jesus. Anyway, um, but these were simple fishermen and Jesus saw their potential. And men have radically changed their lives, totally transformed them. Amen? But Jesus saw that potential, saw who they could become. And of course, Peter has later interactions with Jesus, doesn't he? When Jesus says, you know, you were Simon. Simon means reed. He said, you were like a reed. You're blown around by the wind. But no, I say you're going to be Peter or, or Petra or Petros in, in Greek. Saying, so you're, you're the rock. And on, on that, Peter makes that great statement about understanding who Jesus is. You are the Christ, the son of a living God. Where Jesus asks that statement, who do people say I am? And Jesus says, on that, on that foundation, I'm going to build my church upon that. He is the Christ, the Son of a living God on that, on that revelation. Jesus says it's a revelation that comes from my Father. It doesn't come from within you. But Jesus called them to follow him, and they have this incredible Kairos moment. You know, and Jesus is calling all of us to follow him. You know, there's no one that God doesn't call with purpose over their lives. And I just want to just, just, just pray kind of two simple prayers over you this morning, and kind of bring these two things together as you bring this to a close. And one, if you're needing healing in your life, whether it be physical healing, spiritual healing, emotional healing, healing from your past. So just like the, and maybe you've been in that situation for a very, very long time. Maybe that's your reality. Well, this guy had been in, in this situation, for, this invalid had been in this situation for 38 years. But he had his Kairos moment with Jesus. Amen. And Jesus radically changed him. And I believe that God can do that this morning. And wants to do that this morning. This is your Kairos moment. In, in terms of calling in your life. Maybe you feel a bit like Peter did when he, when he fell before Jesus, like, do you not know who I am? I'm, I'm a sinner. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not worthy. You know, but God has a calling and a purpose over your life. Maybe it's time for you to step out and step out in, in, in what God's calling you to do in life. Maybe it's, it's not time for you to shrink back any longer. You know, don't miss your Kairos moment. God wants to do so much in your life. Don't underestimate what God can do through your life. The issue is not God ever underestimating us, it's us underestimating ourselves and what God can do through us. We're not, I'm not talking about bigging ourselves up here, I'm talking about what God can do through us. Amen? You know, it's, it's Peter, isn't it? Of course, Acts, Acts 3, when the Holy Spirit comes, when, uh, Acts 2, sorry, where the Holy Spirit comes upon him and, and upon all the disciples, all those that gathered in the upper room. And, you know, and that great discourse in Acts 2. And this is, this is, the, this is the same guy, this simple fisherman. Amen? And of course, writes one Peter and, and, and two Peter in the Bible. Amen. It's incredible, but all because of what Jesus had done, all because of the potential that he saw in him. Let's stand to our feet. Praise God. God is so good. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You are so good. You are so good. You are so, so good. Lord, thank you for all those Kairos moments, your appointed times, Lord, that we can read about in Scripture. Lord, those encounters, Lord, you have with people, Lord, where you've radically changed their lives. Lord God, and I thank you, Lord, you have appointed times for us. Lord, and what you do for one person, Lord, you, you do for anyone. You're no respecter of persons. You don't have favorites, Lord. That's not how you, that's not how you operate, Lord God. Lord, and firstly, I just want to just pray, Lord, for anyone who just needs healing in their life. And whether it's physical healing, emotional healing, healing from their past, whether it's a spiritual healing, just healing from stuff that's happened to them, whatever it may be, Lord, you would just bring healing right now in Jesus' name. 
you will do what only you can do. Lord, that this will be your, Lord, your appointed time for them. Lord, those things, Lord, maybe they've Lord, been like that, Lord, for, 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 Lord, for decades even. Days, weeks, months, decades. Lord, that guy who was an invalid, paralyzed for 38 years. Lord, you asked him if he wanted to be well. Lord, you did an amazing miracle. And I pray for every single person. Lord, and even if they've been in that way, in that situation, or maybe they feel they can never get beyond what's happened in their lives. Maybe they can't forgive themselves for things they might have done. They know they're forgiven by you, but struggle to forgive themselves. Whatever it may be, emotional pain, whatever it may be, Lord, we pray, Lord, for your total healing right now in Jesus' name. Do what only you can do. May this be a Kairos moment in their life. Lord, bring restoration. Lord, bring healing. Lord, bring wholeness. Bring health in the mighty name of Jesus. Do what only you can do. Thank you, Lord. We trust you. Lord, let's pray for Lord for every single person too. In terms of our calling, Lord, you call all of us, Lord, to follow you. Lord, we're all called to be your, your disciples. Lord, we all have calling and, and purpose and a plan for our lives. And I pray, Lord, for every single person here, Lord, we'll know their appointed time with you. Lord, we'll step out of the boat, Lord God. It's like Peter ends up doing it at a later time, Lord, but ends up stepping out of the boat, Lord, for you, Lord God. Lord, that all of us, Lord, will walk in the purposes and plans you have for us. Lord, we don't want to shrink back. Lord, we don't want to miss our Kairos moment. We don't want to miss that appointed time you have for us. We don't want to, those things you may call us to do and and the people you want us to reach or things you may want us to do in church or whatever it may be. Lord, we don't want to miss those appointed times and those appointed moments you have for us. Lord, use us for your purposes. Lord, we don't, just like the disciples and they could so easily have let pride get in the way. And they were experts, experts in their fields, experienced fishermen, Lord, but I thank you they didn't let pride get in their way. And, and I pray, Lord, we will not let pride get in our way. Pride of what others may think. Pride of that we're, that we're going to let you down. Pride of things that we, we can't do what you've asked us to do. And the reality is we, maybe we can't and we shouldn't even try to do it in our own strength, Lord, but with you, Lord, all things are possible. Lord, because of the calling that you've put upon our lives, Lord, and we, we can see that, Lord, through what you did with Peter and James and John. These simple fishermen, Lord, you, you turn the world upside down. That's what scripture says. Because of what you did in their lives. Thank you, Jesus. But every single person here will know the calling, purpose, and the plan for their lives. Will step out as part of your appointed time. As your Kairos moment. Step out in obedience for you. Deal with any pride. Do whatever you need to do. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. You're so good. Amen. Amen. God is good. Amen.